Hi there, it's Tim here from the Wellbeing Collective, and we're here with another short podcast. And this is part of a short series of podcasts around celebrating and valuing difference and diversity. Um, and as you may know, if you follow us on social media, on Instagram or Twitter or YouTube, you will see that recently we have started to undertake our own journey around how we engage well with difference. And as a society, we've all had to face some hard truths and some tough questions. And here at the Wellbeing Collective, we, we feel this is a really important task for us. And so we thought it would be really great to engage in just a brief conversation about one area of, um, of difference and, uh, and discrimination, which is around unconscious bias. We've got a handout to go with this, um, so that will help you to reflect too, but it would just, we just thought it would be good to have a bit of time together to share our own thoughts. So I'm joined by Yasmin and Sarah, and I'm going to let them say hello um, um, individually, and then we shall get going with our discussion. So Yasmin, say hello. Hi, I'm Yasmin Damry-Ralph. Um, so I'm an EDI practitioner or professional and have been for the last 20 plus years. So yeah, I, I do quite a bit of work un with unconscious bias as well as different subjects within EDI. Thanks. And it's fantastic to have all that wealth of experience in this conversation. And, um, and uh, it just be really good and look forward, really good to hear your insights um, around the history, particularly of unconscious bias, because the, the term has been around for a very long time, hasn't it? Mm. Sarah, say hello. Hi, I'm Sarah and I work for the Wellbeing Collective and I'm involved in delivering uh, quite a few of the programmes um, that we provide. And um, I'm also really excited that Yasmin has joined our team and, and really going on this exploration of what, um, you know, equality, diversity, unconscious bias and what all that means and how we can involve it in our work. Mm, thanks, Sarah. So, so what does it mean? So what does unconscious bias mean? And I'm not going to ask you for definitions, but I'm going to ask you to think about your experience um, of, of the term. Um, and I heard first heard the term probably about a decade or more ago. And, um, and I remember attending a sort of like a one hour training session um uh, just uh, thinking about it and and i and, and it impressed on me at that time to actually have all of these different things that we think about um about other people that we form our views and opinions of people very quickly um and that really has been as far as i've got around unconscious bias what about you both so yasmin let's start with you because you said you've had 20 years of working with these terms yeah i mean with these terms they kind of come in and then they go back out and they've come, you know, this one's come back to the forefront again. Um, so for me, with unconscious bias, I, I, I guess for me, it was about going beyond just the terminology and breaking mm. it down to say, okay, what are we talking about here? Because when you start looking at unconscious bias, you're talking about things like prejudice and uh, stereotyping and your conscious bias and implicit bias and all of these other things that happen um and it's a daily occurrence mm. and I think for me it was it's trying to get people to understand how your unconscious bias absolutely influences your decision making on a day-to-day -day basis mm. in work as well as out of work mm. um and you also have you know I've been working around in the field of EDI for a really long time and you know when you get a term that comes into favor suddenly you'll have a lot of training around that yes yes um 
And I, I suppose I sit on the fence with unconscious bias because part of me go, sits there going, uh, in terms of training, um, and I sit there going, okay, deliver unconscious bias by itself, great. And on the other part of me says, but that's just a tip box exercise because nothing mm. actually changes when you do that training because it's not in context with anything. Mm. And when you do things like unconscious bias, it's got to be put in context. Um, however, when I go back to saying, yes, I think it's a great thing, you do need to have that foundation of understanding of what unconscious bias is before you even put it into context. Mm. Um, because you need to understand it for yourself and how it manifests in yourself, if that yeah. makes it makes so sense. So these are sometimes, as you were saying, Yasmin, thanks for that, sometimes they're almost like conscious processes of, of how we form stereotypes and make judgments, but they yeah. are weaved in and out of our whole lives, not just our lives at work, but our lives at home as well. And they are sometimes very ingrained and they're quite automatic as well. So that idea of just delivering a something out of context could probably seem to be a little bit counterintuitive in terms of how it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like that, you know, you could sit and go in an hour or an hour and a half or two hour training on unconscious bias. And I can guarantee you when you're in there, you'll agree with everything that's been said. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. I, I, can, I can see that happening. Great, yeah, you know, you'll come out and go, yeah, that's great, but nothing changes. Uh, because yeah. you'll go yeah that was really great um I'm really happy I went through it it's just confirmed what I already know but and then people go back changes. and do the same again exactly so Sarah, exactly. Sarah does your does that resonate with you in terms of your thoughts around unconscious bias definitely um <clears throat> my thought I, I agree entirely with Yasmin I think you could you couldn't run a day's workshop on, on unconscious bias because unconscious bias is about you as an individual and to me it, it sort of taps into all those other things that we do within the well-being collective around emotional intelligence self-awareness knowing what your values are knowing what your belief systems are and i and i agree totally with what you're saying yasmin that sitting in an hour's mandatory training and doing your unbiased conscious you know um, unconscious bias um session it, it would achieve absolutely nothing it would tick that box. To understand how you view the world, what things have happened in your life that have shaped what your world looks like and how you relate to it is massive. So I think the, um, the whole of this has to be interwoven into every single thing that the Wellbeing Collective does, whether you're sitting in a coaching training session or an action learning set, whatever it is that yeah. it has to be part of the narrative, it has to be addressed. Yeah. Um, and I think by doing that, it's it's the start of a process that probably never ends. Mm. Mm. That's really fascinating, Sarah. It's almost that sense of you give people the prompts and the, the, the ideas about what unconscious bias is, but actually then you, that people need to also have the tools to integrate it into their life. And, I, and I'm just wondering, how do our experiences relate to our judgments? When, when you're thinking about that, you know, do you have any examples yourself of your own experiences, how that relates to your own judgments? You know, I was thinking about this before we, we had our conversation today and there were so many, I didn't even know where to start. You know, I think I came to the conclusion that I am the result and the end product today on a Monday morning of all my life experiences mm -hmm. and 
what I've been exposed to, but also how I've made sense of things. So, you know, I can think back in my life and, and maybe drill a little bit deeper and think, ah, maybe that's when I decided that that was how something is. And then maybe never thought about it again. So it's just stuck. Mm. And it's not mm. until you start just unraveling about, for example, if you do a value-based exercise, and for the first time ever, you realize the top four key values that drive you. It can be a real sort of eye opener. And I think the same applies with unconscious bias. You have to explore it and play around with it and mm. to maybe tease out those moments when they were shaped. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Yasmin? I think for me, it's acknowledging that you've got unconscious bias, because as soon as you've said it to somebody or even stop that term, uh, people go, oh, I don't have any of those unconscious biases, but you do. And I, as a as an EDI practitioner I, and, and trainer, I always say, I will hold my hand up and say, I have stereotypes, I have prejudice, I have unconscious bias, I have conscious bias, I've got implicit bias. I'm human. Um, and I always use different analogies when explaining the reason why I say that. And I say, I normally carry a shed load behind me um of all of those things mm. because you can't just leave them at a door you know they pop up whenever they pop up um and i say that you know we have a file a filing cabinet full of different profiles of people that we meet and every time we meet somebody new we have a profile that we've already created because that person reminds you of somebody mm has the traits or the look or whatever it is. And that profile will come up and go, right, this is who you're dealing with. This is who you're talking to. And your biases will come into this because whether you've had a good experience or a bad experience with that person, it will influence how you behave if within the three seconds that you've met somebody. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And then as soon as they speak to you and start to introduce themselves and have that conversation, that profile changes to that person and you create another one for yourself based on that individual. And again, based on the experience that you have with them. Um, and I always look at it in, in some, in other terms, in terms of with these profiles, for instance, if you start to look at how you are in the workplace, those profiles pop up all the time. Mm. Um, and you start to treat accordingly because you, you have, you need a reference. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You need some form of reference to be able to even start, you know, acknowledging that person. Yeah. But when, and, and I'm, I'm probably guilty of that because again, part of that is me being cautious. Part of that is you can't help those things popping up. But once you become aware of it, you become more mindful of how you are within within those circumstances. And I probably, because I've been in this field for a long time, I've trained myself not to do that. And it's been, it's a, a long process of training yourself to do something like that. Because it's not only when you meet somebody, you can do that over the phone with somebody based on mm. their voice and their accents. Yeah. Um, and you start to form images of what that person looks like and, you know, where it forms into, because you have different kind of biases in there. So for me, I've trained myself not to do that because I've had it done to me so many times, you know, on the phone. And then when they meet me, they're like, oh, you're not who I expected. Mm. I thought you would be this. And I sit there thinking, well, why would you think that? Mm -hmm. You know, based on my voice, why would you think that? Mm. So I kind of try not to do things like that now. 
it, it reminds me while you're speaking, Yasmin, it reminds me of um, the Ladders of Inference. And for those who are listening, you may well have come across it on, on, on the website and in some of the training that we do that, you know, we, we're in a situation and we start up that ladder and we start gathering the information, we start gathering our own assumptions, then we throw in our own beliefs and experiences. Mm -hmm. And within seconds, we formulated an opinion and then it determines how we behave. And I think that's a really good example of how our unconscious bias can result, yeah. can determine how we then behave. Mm -hmm. And I think it also yeah. reinforces how it so underpins everything that we do yes. and why it's yeah. so important that we become aware of it. I, I agree. And, sorry, and it also manifests itself in documents too. So in your policies, your procedures, your strategies, you know, your objectives, it also can manifest itself in those kind of documents as well. So not just I in think person. Just to, just, just to give a pe people a bit of a let out clause here, you know, the operative word here is unconscious. You know? Yes. <laughs> and, you know, most of the time we're not aware that we're doing this and that is okay. It's yeah. about, you know, what do we need, what can we do differently to bring the unconscious into the conscious? Yeah, I'm going to, yes. well, I'll, well, I'll ask that question in a minute, actually, because we're, we're talking, I mean, I, I guess we could all probably give a few examples in our own world, but I, I, I relate to, I relate to that, those ideas that you're both sharing, which is we meet somebody, we form views very quickly, sometimes those are quite positive ones, um, they, they feel like similar to us or like-mindedness, and, and, but actually they can be, they can have risks uh, and problems associated with that and sometimes they're quite negative ones as well mm -hmm. which makes us form um, form judgments and suspending that consciously suspending that is quite difficult and I'm just aware I you know I see lots of handouts out there of different types of biases I, you know there's over a hundred different types of biases so I'm told and I've had access to a number of different handouts you know which ones do we focus on you know or or is it or is there something not quite right about putting a, a name to a different type of bias. So, you know, confirmation bias or anchoring bias or halo effect, you know, those mm -hmm. are the three that just come straight to mind. Do we do that or, or do we, or, or do we not do that? I think you can't help but do that. Um, the labeling of these things just makes you have those, Oh, that's what it yeah. is moments. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think you cannot not have them um because sometimes if you look at it you know like you said you've got a halo all of a sudden you're like oh that person's brilliant because you know or you've got the horn effect mm. that's the opposite and then you've got beauty bias which also when you look at beauty bias starts to um intersect with race with disability mm. uh gender all of those kind of things so you you lit you can't not have them um, but I also think that's the kind of moments when you start to explain what they are, people are sit, will have those, oh, right, mm -hmm. that makes sense, you know, and mm -hmm. you need to give people that opportunity to say, oh, that makes sense, mm -hmm. um, because then that's, that helps them become more aware of either what they're doing or what they've experienced or what they can mm -hmm. think about when they're in that situation. Yeah. So, and I yes. think those... Um, you know, those many, many words, new words, maybe new words to people's vocabulary. And if you're working in a team and you start talking about, you know, affirmity, unconscious bias, etc., you know, people will look at you blankly. But I think what it does suggest is that it's a new way of 
have it's a new way of having conversations and and, mm. and exploring it and what does that mean and and like you said Yasmin you know um awareness of a judgment the judgment has to come first to be you know to notice you're having that judgment to then go ah I love that word ah the most underused word isn't it you know that moment when the the, the that sort of idea of hold on maybe something could be different and then having a conversation about it mm. so I think the the many the, the terminology around this is, is a framework in which to then in, it, build it into normal language mm. make it your own build it into teams build it into conversations at work or, or home or, or anywhere really so how do we build it into our everyday lives? That sent the ah moment. How do we do that? Um, because we, we are at home in, uh, in our everyday relationships, we're at work in our team relationships. You know, Yasmin, you, you know, the things you were saying right at the beginning was this is actually a part of our lives, should be weaved all the way through our lives. So how do we have those ah moments? So Yasmin, thoughts? So I go back to that, me sitting on the fence on sometimes training is good and sometimes it's unhelpful in this in you know I, I do think you need that foundation of understanding mm -hmm. that awareness and that creation of that awareness and that probably comes to actually having those training sessions mm -hmm. um but I still put a caveat it's got to be in context um so for instance if you're doing recruitment training having that unconscious bias filtered into that training you can make that argument of your unconscious bias actually forms some of the decision making mm. in terms of who you recruit and who you're seeing in front of you mm. um, because when you when any recruit manager will already have a idea of who they want in their team to fill mm. that vacancy and it's that that's where that focus will be for that individual so no matter who comes in front of them if they don't fit that ideal or that ideal mm. um, or that bias that they've created, they could actually lose potentially very good people yeah. because yeah. of it, you yeah. know, and that's one of the classic things that's happening in the workplace. When you look at unconscious bias, how that actually has manifested itself. So you do need to have that awareness creation to be able to have those moments to those conversations to have that, oh right ah yes I get it mm. um and you need to give people time to have those as well and not tell them that they're wrong with it because it's based on their experience it's based on who they've interacted with it's based on it might sometimes it's not even on their experience of somebody they've known that that's had an experience and it's talked about so often that it becomes your experience so you need to give people the time to do that. And sometimes it becomes very uncomfortable for somebody because suddenly their beliefs, their values, they're challenging it themselves. You're not challenging yeah. it. You're just yeah. giving them the information and suddenly they're challenging it and it becomes uncomfortable for them because that's something they've always held on to and known. And now they're having to rethink about it. Mm. Yeah, so there, there, is a, there is a real sense that actually it's not always the most comfortable process, but 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 in in the context of various things that we do in our lives if we're asking ourselves those questions mm -hmm. it helps us to then to become just more aware of something that may be influencing yeah. decision for example over recruitment or over giving certain tasks to certain people yeah. or over just who we socialize with at work and absolutely at home, i mean I, I probably 
and it still happens to me today you know I can walk into a room and if I see a black person or an Asian person I'm suddenly drawn to them because for me it's like oh there's somebody who looks like me in there they might not be a nice person or I might not be a nice person I have no idea who they are but it's that kind of familiarity bias that comes in you know and I have to stop myself and go well hold on a minute there's like a hundred other people in here yeah don't just concentrate on the one concentrate on the many Mm. um and yeah it happens to me often often and I do need to put myself in check on that one yeah it's not nice but I do need to do that because otherwise you know I'm going to treat people less favorably because of my own biases and that's yeah. not fair yeah, no, of course yeah no, and also I think from that Yasmin also that you know when we all do that which whatever our driving preference is you know, it might be height, might be weight, might be gender, it could be race, a whole host of different things, couldn't it? That, that just recognising how restrictive that can be. Because the opposite of that is how amazing it could be when you actually start exploring what everybody has to give. Mm. You know, it's that, um, and, it, and I think it in the handout attached to this podcast, I think it's really described nicely that, you know, the more diversity the more creativity, but also in the workplace, the more productivity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's got to be a, there's got to be a, a, a reason to engage with this. There's got to be some real good payoffs that everyone wants to buy into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there, there, there are so many of them. And, and just going back to your original question, Tim, in terms of where do you start with this? I mean, I, my, my personal view is that the word unconscious bias is not a particularly engaging word. It's It sounds quite complex and it sounds terribly educated. And I think sometimes that needs to be unraveled. Now, whether that needs to be the starting point, like listening to a podcast like this, or whether it's attached to other forms of training. But I think from that point, if an organization or a team want to really work with this, it then becomes integrated in all the it doesn't become an isolated thing to address. It becomes integrated with everything else that they're exploring. So, yeah. for example, like you were saying, Yasmin, recruitment or um, performance management or appraisals, you know, it just becomes like confidentiality is just something that's embedded mm. for everybody. Yeah. This equally needs to be as embedded. Yeah. yeah. Safeguarding. Everyone goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just automatically kicks into action you know yeah. it, it's having those is it, it's having it's having it, it's often as i say having something through the lifeblood of your relationships mm. isn't it mm. and that automatic thing of saying hang on a moment we just need to just check that we're not you know we're not actually recruiting somebody just because they're just like us mm. um, that we're recruiting somebody that is at a really great fit for this mm work and has a huge amount of potential and things to bring so so it's 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 really just about for me as you're talking it's about that constant self-questioning process um that constant step back that giving a bit of space around your decision making around your thinking just to almost step back and look at your thinking to almost say right what am i thinking about this Mm. as i as i walk into this room and see these people what what am i what am i concluding about this and that can sometimes lead to as you were saying, Yasmin, with your brave admission, it can lead to some really kind of difficult conversations with yourself um, oh God, yeah. about what, you, what you're experiencing. And it is very uncomfortable because I don't think we naturally set out to harm people or to judge people, but we do it. Mm. 
Um, and when you admit you do it, you kind of go through these kind of, am I a good person? Am I a bad person? What does that mean about me? And you start to question yourself, you know, and I'm, I'm a person that doesn't like labels. I really don't because I just think people are people, but you need that kind of explanation sometimes. Mm. And you know, the conversations you have with yourself are probably going to be the most difficult rather than the people, the conversations you have with somebody else. Um, Because you have to then look and go, where did that come from? Why do I feel that way? What's led me to that? How do I move away from being that way? Um, And that journey can be, take quite a long time. Like I said to you, it's taken me a really long time not to form any opinions of anyone over the phone or any, you know, or when I meet them, because I know what it feels like being on the other side of it, mm-hmm. you know, and having to then apologize because I'm not fitting their mold, you know, their yeah. image. And, and yes, been, that might be the, someone listening to this podcast. It might be the first time that they've ever heard the fact that they may be making an unconscious biased judgment yeah. over the telephone. That mm. may be their first, oh, moment. Yeah, yeah. oh, I do that, I yeah. do that. You and, know, I, I... and I think just, you know, it's because it's it's a big ask to have these sorts of conversations, isn't it, you know? And I think it also, it's about creating that safety, that safe mm. place to have them as well, because admitting that you have a judgment, I think takes a lot of courage. You know, people invest yeah. a lot in defensiveness. So I think creating that, you know, we're all in this together. We're all going to muddle through it together. We're all going to get it wrong. And then occasionally we'll have our moments. But what we'll do is we will reshape something that could be really exciting. Mm. And guess what? The workplace could be so much better, more productive, more creative. More diverse. More diverse. Absolutely. Mm. okay um so let's draw things to a close um um, i think we've given plenty of things for our listeners to think about and um and uh, and as you said i'm sure some people listening today have had their own ah moments as i'm listening i'm just thinking actually for me the real important thing is to create safety Mm -hmm. safety for people to have these conversations safety within teams and services safety within relationships but also safety within yourself as well you know being kind to yourself to allow yourself to have these uh these thoughts and conversations with yourself without without necessarily overly judging yourself Mm -hmm. because this is just very a natural part of being human that sometimes gets in the way of our ability to just work well, to flourish in our relationships. And so safety is really important. And, um, and, um, but also the opportunity in any conversation just to create, uh, just to create something that says, what am I thinking about that person? Am I coming to a conclusion uh, about that person that perhaps mm. is not helping um, the way or getting the best out of the way we could communicate. Mm. So yeah. I'd like to thank you, Yasmin and Sarah, for just joining um, us in this conversation. And we're going to be doing a, another couple of podcasts. Um, any final thoughts from either of you? You can go, Sarah. Well, I, I think for me, is just to say to anyone who's listening to this podcast is that, you know, I'm on that same exploratory journey, whatever you want to call it. And and just simply by having this podcast with my colleagues, I have learned something. 
and it's been a very safe place. Yes. So I think this yeah. is just demonstrating what it sounds like and how it can be. Mm, that's yeah. really good, Sarah. Thank you. Yasmin? I, I agree with you, Sarah, absolutely. And I think for me, um, as you said, Tim, safety is probably my number one um, thoughts when you are starting your journey to understanding your unconscious bias or biases. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, being kind to yourself when you're doing that, because, you know, we are our own worst enemy in, in criticizing ourselves. So, you know, it's, you can't beat yourself up about it no. because it, it, you are human and you've got to be able to say, yeah, I probably did do that. And yeah, I probably do think that way. And yeah, I probably have done that. Um, it's, you know, and just accepting, yeah, you've done that. You know, yeah. like I said, it takes a long time to untrain yourself to do certain things. Yeah. And um, it doesn't happen overnight. And that's okay. You know, it yeah. takes as long yeah. as it takes. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. And on that, so on that final thought, it takes as long as it takes, but do start do start <laughs> so thank you both it's been really great and as i said previously we have another uh, couple of podcasts over the summer that we're doing uh, around difference and diversity so we look forward to you joining us at that point